Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. As we turn the calendar into the year 2023, we'll be commemorating 20 years in the life of Rolling Hills Community Church. Anniversaries offer us the chance to reflect on where we've been, where we are now, and where we hope to go. Our church's calling has always been to be a people of God, reaching out, growing up, and giving all. How has God brought this vision to life in the past, and how can we continue pressing toward this vision in the future? Join us this January as we celebrate the testimonies, salvations, baptisms, miracles, and life change which has marked the last 20 years as Rolling Hills. Now, let's tune in. Well, some of you are really good at, at growing things. You know how, to, you know, you know how to, to grow something. You can put plants in the ground and they grow. You have amazing vegetable gardens. Your, yawn, your, your yard is just immaculate. And so you know how to make that happen. And then there's the rest of you um, that you don't know anything about it. In fact, plants cower at Lowe's when they see you coming because they're like, please don't pick me. Please let me go with someone else because your house is the place where things go to die. And, uh, and you just don't know how, how to make that, ha- that happen. But see, it's not just plants that we try to grow, that we try to keep alive. How about when it comes to business? Because some of you are entrepreneurs by heart. You love to start things. You know how to put the plants in the ground. You don't really know what to do with it after you've started something, but you know how to begin the work. And then there's a group of you that you're kind of like fertilizer. You know how to take someone else's plan and you can make it grow. And there's just this, this, this words that, that we keep connecting with growth. I mean, I'm saying growth a lot this morning, what it means to grow, but it's not just about plants. It's not just about uh, businesses. There's things that grow all the time. And the reality is it's been my experience. Maybe it's been yours as well, that there's really a couple of options. Things either grow or they don't. They grow or they decline. Dare I say they grow or they die. You can make an argument that there's maybe a middle ground called maintaining, but it's been my experience that if you're not careful, something that's maintaining without much work can quickly you know, slip into the declining category. So it's not plants, it's not just businesses. I think, think things grow all the time. Your client list, it either grows or it decreases. Your, your, your business, it grows or it plateaus. Churches, they grow or they plateau. Waistlines, they grow. They rarely don't get smaller, but they... they <laughs> They, they, they grow. Kids, they grow. They never get smaller. They, it, 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 it's just this reality. Things grow. Your customer base they grows. If you have a bad grades as a student, they either get better or they stay bad. You know, whatever the case might be. But the reality is, it's not just all of those things. When it comes to our spiritual life, the same could be said. When it comes to the faith journey that you and I are on, the truth remains. We either grow or we don't. We grow into who God has made us to be, who God yearns for us to be, or we decline. And my hope and my prayer is that if you were to put a date on the calendar a year from now, and we were to poll you a year from now and say, was this a year of growth in your life, that you would be able to say yes, that you would be able to say, I'm not the same person a year from now that I am today. God stretched me. God grew me. God did something in my life that can only be described by him. And that's our goal this morning, is to lean into these truths that we see in scripture about what it means to be a person who grows in their faith to become a fully mature disciple of Jesus Christ. Know that I'm so honored that you're here with us today. A special welcome to all of you who are with us for the very first time. It means so much to us that you said yes to whoever invited you. Thank you for being a church that invites people and connecting them in to what God is doing here. And so I just know that I'm grateful for your presence here with us this morning. And I'd love to pray for us and ask God to come and change us and do what only he can do today. So will you pray with me? Lord, thank you for meeting us here. 
God, we are so mindful today of your presence in this place and the way that you're working. We thank you for what you want to do for the life change that we pray will happen, Um, not because of anything that we do, but because of you meeting us here through the power of the Holy Spirit. So God, grow us today, stretch us, mold us, make us more and more like you, a fully mature disciple. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus Christ that we pray and ask all these things. Amen. And amen. Our text today that I'm going to be spending most of our time in comes from the book of First Peter. In fact, it's First Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And you're going to see these words up here on the screen. If you have a mobile device, follow along in First Peter. If you have a copy of God's Word and you don't know where First Peter is, just let it flop open and go all the way to the end. And that's First Peter. It's this incredible letter uh, written by Peter to early Christians and to Christians who were kind of scattered out in Asia Minor. And I'll explain that here for you in just a little bit. But in First Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, listen to what he says. There Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So he makes this analogy to newborn babies. And if you've ever been around a newborn baby, you know newborn babies crave milk. They can't eat steak and potatoes just quite yet. They crave spiritual, or crave milk. I mean, it's what keeps them alive. And as a newborn baby in Christ, Peter is saying, you feast on milk, just like a baby does. If you're a new follower of Jesus, if you're a a quote-unquote baby Christian, so to speak, which is the audience that 1 Peter is written to, then you need that spiritual milk. But you don't stay on milk forever, kind of like adults. It would be incredibly awkward, very, very strange, really, really weird if halfway through the day we had to stop for a milk break, you know, and go warm up my bottle, you know, so that I can, you know, make it through the rest of the day. No, we develop where we don't need that milk anymore, but we eat solid foods, which means in our spiritual life, the same can be said. We were never intended to stay a babe in our relationship with Christ, a baby in Christ. Rather, we're intended to grow, which means we have a journey. We have steps that are in front of us. Now, this doesn't actually have anything to do with how long you have been a follower of Jesus or when you made that commitment of faith to follow Jesus, because I know some people that have made a profession of faith 20 years ago and are still kind of a a, a baby in Christ because there's no growth or there's no commitment. And there's some that have been a follower of Jesus for six months, and they're really, really strong, a fully mature disciple of Jesus because they've made this commitment to grow. So I want you to hear this this morning. It's not about how long have you been journeying with Jesus, but rather it's about the commitment and the growth trajectory that you're on. And so you'll see this here on your notes. And if you want to kind of follow along, we try to give you every week some notes that you can follow along with. Maybe that helps you pay attention. I have a very short attention span, so that helps me. Uh, And so if that helps you at all to just kind of go down and reflect on some of these things and maybe look at them later on in, in the week, we would appreciate that. But you see here on the notes that kind of the big idea, the one thing I want you to walk away with today is this, you always have room to grow in your faith, regardless of how weak or strong your faith may be. If you don't hear anything else I say today, hear this, you always have room to grow in your faith, regardless of how weak or strong your faith may be. Why can we say this? Because as a follower of Jesus Christ, you are pursuing him. And last I checked, none of us are God. (laughs) We're not God. He is. He's holy. He's set apart. And we seek to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. We can never be God, but we seek to become like the person Jesus desires for us to be, which means conform to his image. 
which means ultimately being about what he is about. And when you go back to the original text in 1 Peter, you see that this, this, this letter was written by Peter. It was carried to these early Christians by a guy named Silvanus, and it, it goes to this group that was kind of spread out all along Asia Minor. In some of the other parts of 1 Peter, they're referred to as aliens. Now, that's not green aliens that come from Mars, not Martians, but aliens meaning foreigners that they do not have, you know, much standing in the community that they are in, that they are, uh, they're, they're kind of a socially degraded people, so to speak. And in these moments, Peter is trying to say, you're new in your faith journey, and I want to help you understand how to grow in that journey. And you're craving the pure spiritual milk, which helps you realize who Jesus is and the path that he has for you. But they're exiles. In other parts of 1 Peter, they're referred to as exiles. And this is what Peter is saying to them. If you go back to chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. He's saying, I want you to pursue holiness. I want you to be who God has called you to be. And that means chasing after Jesus. You have room to grow, Peter is saying. And you know what? I have room to grow. You have room to grow because we are all a work in progress, regardless of how weak or, or strong our faith might be. We have room to grow. Now, I want you to think for a second about something that you're good at or something that you enjoy doing, maybe a skill, or maybe it's a hobby. And whatever that you have in your mind right now, it's probably something that you're good at because we like to do things that we're good at. Nobody chooses a hobby and says, my favorite hobby is something I'm terrible in. You know, you, you probably have in your mind right now something that you have some relative skill in or or some interest or some capacity to be able to do. And whatever that is in your mind right now, I'm going to suck all the air out of your life. Is that okay? Um, because whatever it is that you have in your mind right now, chances are 99.99% that there's somebody that's better at that than you are. Let's just be real. I'm sorry. I, just, I know church is supposed to be encouraging, but whatever it is <laughs> that you have in your mind right now that you think you're really, really good at, there's a 99.99% chance that you're really not the best at that. Does anybody know how to put a Rubik's Cube together? I'm always amazed by people that can put Rubik's Cubes together. Nobody. Wow, my nine-year-old daughter can, so I don't know what's wrong, wrong with you. Um, I can't either. Uh, I mean, I've tried to watch some of the YouTube videos. My mind just doesn't work that way. I don't know how that actually happens. How do you, how do, you do that? And so I was just curious, what is the world record for putting a Rubik's Cube together? And I'm going to tell you, there's this uh, kid in China. His name is Yu Du, and he put together a Rubik's Cube in 3.47 seconds. Like one, two, three, a little bit more. He's done. <laughs> you can YouTube it. It's amazing. You know, and I'm sitting here thinking, how is that even humanly possible? Maybe you like to run and you've completed a marathon or a half marathon, and your goal was just, I don't want to die out there. You know, no personal records, just you just don't want to die out there. And you're thinking, you know, I've accomplished something. You've accomplished something because you completed a marathon. Well, Ilya Kipkoji, who is the world record marathoner last year in 2022, set a marathon record of two hours, one minute, and nine seconds. It's not even humanly possible. <laughs> in the time it took you to watch a basketball game yesterday or four episodes of Friends, this guy hammered out 262 miles. So whatever it is that you have in your mind right now, there is a growth trajectory for you. You're probably not at the top of the game in that skill. See, the same could be said of our faith journey. There is room to grow. 
in our faith journey. Why? Because when we go back and look at what Peter was trying to get these early Christians to understand, he says, be holy as God is holy. There is room for you to grow because he is God and you are not. And you're seeking to be conformed to his image. Now, Peter also gives them some insight about what makes you grow. And one of the things that makes us grow is something that we tend to shy away from a little bit, and it's called trials, and it's called circumstances, it's called adversities. In fact, you see here on your notes, your testimony is strengthened by tests. Your testimony is strengthened by test. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6, in this letter to the early Christians, Peter says, in all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. You're suffering grief. You're going through adversities, chief of which is you're not in your homeland anymore. You're exiles. You're now foreigners in a land that is not your own. People are looking down on you. People are questioning this faith commitment that you are making. But in the midst of that, Peter's saying, I hope that you will remain strong. Did you know that the Bible has a lot to say about circumstances and adversities and the challenges that we go through? We don't like to talk about challenges. We don't like to think that there's a growth trajectory in the midst of challenges, but Scripture is actually very, very clear that one of the things that grows us faster than anything else is how we handle the trials in our life and how we push through the test that we're going through. In James chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Did you catch that theme? Scattered among the nations? Just like those that first Peter is referencing? Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Consider it pure joy when you go through trials, not if you go through trials. Consider it pure joy when you go through these trials of many kinds because they test your faith and they build perseverance and it helps you become who God wants you to be. I was talking to a guy in our church this week and he said something really, really profound to me. He said, you can't have a testimony without some tests. And I thought, wow, that is an incredibly unpopular statement in the world standards. But that is a solid biblical truth. That the testimony that the Lord is writing in our life is going to be wrought with some test. And you're going to face some trials. You're going to face some adversity. And those things are going to make you either bitter or they're going to help you understand the grace of God in a season of pruning or a season of trusting in God in a way that maybe you never have before. So there's trials. But trials aren't just adverse circumstances. Trials aren't just things that we go through that we wish we weren't going through. There's also trials that come in our life. There's tests that come in our life about our willingness to rid ourselves of the things that are not of God. It's why in the first part of chapter 2, Peter says, Therefore, rid yourselves of all deceit and all envy and all slander and all malice. Meaning that there's a part of our growth that means we have to step away from things and rid ourselves of things and replace them with the things of God. Maybe you're going through a test right now. Maybe you're going through a test right now where God is saying, are you willing to rid yourselves of the things that are not of me and to replace them with the things that are of him? And I can't stand up here and list every possible thing that you could rid yourself of, but you know what those things are. And if there's something in your life that you need to rid yourself of, you know it without me telling you what it is. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's an alcohol addiction. Maybe it's an addiction in your life that has just robbed you of the joy of the Lord. And the Lord is saying, I want you to rid yourself of that and walk in newness of life with me. 
And so there's these trials, there's these circumstances we go through. But if you and I want to grow, if we want to be able to say, I want this to be a year of incredible growth, then there's some things that we can do to make that happen. And I could stand up here and talk for hours up on end about all those things. But the one thing that I hope you would walk away with, the one thing that will grow you faster than anything else is the Bible. The Bible. And it might sound like a super simple answer. This might sound like a kid's ministry moment, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. But unashamedly, unequivocally, nothing will grow you faster in your walk with Jesus Christ than the Bible. Reading the Bible, spending time with the Bible. You see this here on your notes, but growth will not happen without a commitment to the Word of God. Growth will not happen in our life without a commitment to the Word of God. Not your growth will be stunted or not your growth will be slow. Without a commitment to the word of God, we're not going to grow. And we're not going to grow into who it is that he desires for us to be. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 40, verses 7 and 8. The prophet Isaiah says, The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. And surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. And if you go back a few verses in 1 Peter, right at the end of chapter 1, you'll see that prophecy of Isaiah listed in Peter's letter. He channels this prophecy of Isaiah to help these early Christians in the area of Asia Minor to understand the connection that they should have to the word of God. And he says, plants are going to die. Grass is going to wither, but the word of God does not die. The word of God God endures forever, and it accomplishes something in our life that can only be of God. It helps us to understand who God is and the plan that God has for our life. So if you and I desire to grow in our faith journey, what will grow us faster than anything is a commitment to the word of God. Now, I want to be clear what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that you have to get up every morning and read the entire Bible. You're like, well, I have a work, and I have family, and I have jobs, so am I supposed to spend eight hours a day reading the word of God? That's not what I'm saying at all. You don't have to get up every morning and read the entire book of Psalms. You don't have to get up and I'm not going to prescribe you three chapters or five chapters, but I would encourage you to get up every morning and say, I want to devote my heart to an understanding of a truth from God's word today, and it will radically shape your day. It will drastically impact the way that you handle every circumstance that comes your way. Every unknown, every decision, every moment of clarity that you need, God seeks to bring that to you through his word, and it grows us, changes us, and helps us to see who he has created us to be. Back at the beginning of this year, um, I had a really sweet moment with God. Um, Maybe you're like me in that the kind of week between Christmas and New Year's, you kind of just stop because everybody else is stopping, so you're like, yeah, I'll just stop too. And uh, then January 1 comes, and you realize, wow, there's a lot to do this year. And it's that holiday that you're just sitting there and you're thinking about all that is to come. And so I just started listing everything in my mind and I started thinking through everything that this year was going to entail. And I started with my family and I thought, I love my family and they're my priority and there's some really cool things happening in our family. And we have this little boy who's going to kindergarten in 2023. And I thought, well, that's sweet and terrible at the same time. Um, And then I started thinking about church and I thought, wow, there's a lot that's coming our way in 2023, and I'm so honored to be a part of what God is doing here, and this is actually our last Sunday in this building. 
We have the Ryman Auditorium next week. We have a couple weeks of self-opening Sunday, but February 12th, the grand opening Sunday of our new building. And I started thinking about all that needed to happen still, and I got overwhelmed. I was over there just the other day, and I realized trash cans. Nobody thought about trash cans. There's not a single trash can anywhere in the building. And I was like, are we just going to pile it up, you know, and just kind of push it out with a broom every afternoon? And I started thinking through what are the other 30 things that we probably didn't think about or that no one has their mind wrapped around right now. And in those moments, all of those details and all of those things and all of those unknowns were weighing heavily on my shoulders. And to be quite honest with you, I got overwhelmed. And I thought, I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I opened up my devotional, and glaring at me were my two favorite verses of Scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And I'm not one that stands up here and says that I hear the audible voice of God. I don't, but I do think that God speaks to us all the time. We just don't listen. And through the Holy Spirit and through the Word, God spoke to my heart so clearly, and this is what he told me. He said, Jason, you have two choices in 2023. You trust me, the God of the universe who holds all things together, who knows all the hairs of your head. They were numbered. All your days were written before a single one of them came to pass. I brought water out of a rock for the Israelites in the middle of the desert. I slayed a giant for a puny little kid named David. I know everything about you. I hold the future. There is nothing that is lost on me. So you can trust me or you can trust you. Frail, broken, sinful, messed up. And in that moment, thank God for his word that said, it's going to be okay. Does that mean that this year is going to be wrought with all roses? No. Does this mean there's going to be some adversities? Absolutely. But see, the word of God tells us and commands us and helps us to realize that when we trust in him, he makes all the paths straight and he works it all out for good. Now, I'm not encouraging you, nor was Peter encouraging the disciples to read the word so that they could just become, you know, puffed up with all this knowledge, that they could hold it over everybody else and lord it over everybody else, that they were smarter than them. That's not the case at all, because the word of God intends to transform us, for us to live it out, to us to live it out and, and practice, to live it out with groups of people. It's why we encourage you to get involved in a group, to not go through this journey alone, but to find people that you can walk with and that you can grow together with and that you can encourage and that you can in turn be encouraged. And I pray that you'd find ways to serve, ways to live out what God is doing in your life, to not just become a consumer, but to become a doer of the word of God. Over this past 20 years at Rolling Hills, we're celebrating 20 years of being a church. And over this past 20 years, we've seen some really cool things happen. We've seen people mature. We've seen people grow. We've seen people take steps of faith And I want to share with you one of those stories this morning, and it's from a member of our staff. Her name is Jennifer Akers, and I want you to hear from Jennifer this morning about what steps she has taken, the growth that has happened in her life, and my hope and my prayers that you'd be encouraged by her story this morning. Take a look. Sunday, I was at a different church trying to find a place that felt like home. And 
After Christmas break, I came home from Texas and went back to Tennessee for school. And one of the first churches I found after getting back to Tennessee was Rolling Hills. The message was so important for what I was walking through in that season. The worship was so powerful. And even in a small conference room at a hotel, I felt so connected to God in that moment. And I actually didn't visit a single church after that. I knew right away on that Sunday that that was the place that I wanted to be. That was the church I wanted to connect to. And so pretty soon after those first Sundays at Rolling Hills, I connected with some of the leaders there and asked how I could help. And I started out in kids' ministry. So I was helping on Sundays with kiddos and playing with them and watching them. Um, I found a community group right away, and I was with some awesome families like the Thomases and the Kecks, who are still around today, and they poured into me in such a powerful way. As a college student in a new area, it can be a little bit intimidating to find community and to find friends and to find people that will help you feel like you're at home when you're so far away from your actual home, and I felt that with our community. And so all of my college years, I was at Rolling Hills. In 2010, I finally got up the nerve to audition for the worship team. And I was so excited. They said, yeah, we'd love for you to be a part of what's happening here. I remember the first Sunday I was on the worship team, I got to lead Sing to the King, an old worship song. And I knew then this is what I want to do. In 2020, I moved into this role of associate worship pastor at Rolling Hills. I'm so grateful that this is what the Lord has called me to, and I'm so grateful that he's given me a home to worship him and to share the love of Jesus. The past 20 years, Rolling Hills has been my home. It was my home when I was a college student in a new city, in a new place, trying to work for community. It was my home when I got married to my husband and was learning what it looked like to be a newlywed. It was my home when we brought home our first baby, and our second, and our third, and it's been my church home as I've watched my kids grow up and connect to their ministry areas and learn what it looks like to follow Jesus. I am so thankful for Rolling Hills and that I get to grow up in this incredible place. See, Jennifer made a commitment all those years ago to say, I'm going to say yes. And when I say yes, growth is going to happen. And my hope and my prayer is that you would make that same commitment and that you would say, you know what, I don't, I don't want to say no. I want to make myself available to what it is that God desires to do. And perhaps there's some things in my life that I need to get rid of and to replace them with the things of God so that I can be fully on mission for him. But I don't know what it is that God might be working on your heart right now, but I hope that you would say yes. If you're here and you don't have that relationship with Jesus Christ, I pray that today would be the day that you walk away from the sin in your life and that you say, Jesus, I trust you. Thank you for doing for me what I could never do for myself. God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to this earth to save you, to find you. He sought you out when you were broken, not when you were perfect, but so that you could be made right, so that you could be made whole, so that you could be clean. Maybe you've made that profession of faith to follow Jesus Christ, and you've never been baptized, or you've never taken this public step to say, I want to identify with the working of God in my life, or I've never served, or I've never joined a group. Whatever the case might be, my hope and my prayer is that you would say, I want to grow, because when you make that commitment to grow, I promise you, 
God does something that you're probably not even able to wrap your mind around right now because it's him and he works and he uses you. All throughout scripture, there's so many visuals of growth. And there's so many examples and illustrations that we get of growth, but some of the coolest ones to me are, are these illustrations that God gives us about water. In fact, one of the ways that God shows us about how to be a person who grows or how to be a committed follower of Jesus Christ are, are these illustrations of water, these images of water. You've heard many of these before in chapter uh, one of the book of Psalms. Listen to what the psalmist says. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. The psalmist says, this is the type of person that whatever they do prospers. They are a person who is committed to God's word. And as a result of being committed to God's word, they are like a tree planted by the water. Their leaves don't wither. They grow. A few months ago, I, uh, with a group from our church, had the opportunity to travel to Israel on a biblical studies tour, and it was a fantastic experience. And, and there's so many things that I'm still gleaning from that trip, but one of the themes of our trip was water. Because when you're in the desert, in the Middle East for the first time, you don't really realize that these verses on water are really super significant because we have an abundance of water here. We have streams everywhere, we have lakes everywhere, we have oceans everywhere, but in the middle of the desert, there's not water. And so water is a necessity of life. It's what makes things grow. I mean, if you go back to your elementary science class, what's necessary for a plant to grow? Sunshine and water. It's why he says your life is a tree planted by a stream of living water. And so there was all these moments when I was thinking about, I've never thought about this before. I've never seen it in this light. And there were two bodies of water particularly that stuck out. And I want to show you some pictures of those. The first of which is the Dead Sea. And this is awesome. I don't know if you've ever been to the Dead Sea. Put it on your list. I mean, it's definitely a bucket list kind of place to go. But it's in the southern part of Israel. It's beautiful. But what happens at the Dead Sea is it's one of the saltiest bodies of water anywhere on the planet. And so all of these rivers throughout Israel, they converge and they pick up minerals and salt deposits and they travel all the way through from the northern part to the southern part of Israel and they terminate right here in the Dead Sea. Nothing goes out of the Dead Sea. Everything just empties there. And so it's now kind of a resort area and there's hotels and whatnot around and you can go and spend hundreds of dollars for facial treatments and mud baths from the Dead Sea and all those kinds of things. But I remember as a kid, someone told me, if you get in the Dead Sea, you'll be able to float. And I was like, well, sign me up, of course. I'm gonna go in there and see if this works. Sure enough, it does. I mean, not only do you not float, you can't not float. I mean, you try to put yourself down and it doesn't, it doesn't work. I mean, you just bob like a bobber on top. I mean, you can put a magazine up and just read out there. I mean, feet, arms up, and you just say, it is like one of the coolest things ever. So it's a really, really moving place. But then there's another place that really moved me and that was called Dan Springs. And this is our group at the headwaters of the Dan Springs. And this is a natural spring. You can put your Nalgene bottle in that water and drink it. It is so fresh. It's so cool. It's so refreshing. And these are actually the headwaters of the Dan Springs that are, that are heading in. And this converges with four other springs that form into the Jordan River. And so the Dan Springs forms into the Jordan River. The Jordan River goes all the way through Israel. And where do you think the Jordan River empties into? You guessed it, the Dead Sea. So you have this that's moving, that's clear, that's fresh, that's refreshing. Trees are everywhere in abundance around this stream. And then you have the Dead Sea. 
And what happens in the Dead Sea is it's really, really cool to stay out there for a few minutes and float. But if you're staying at a hotel, they actually will have a big timer set for you. So when you walk into the water, you don't stay too long because they tell you if you reach the hour mark, your body is going to become extremely dehydrated because of the salt content. And if you decide to stay out there for a few hours, then Israel will be the place that you meet your maker. Um, because it's just impossible to stay in there because of the content. And I was thinking about that in connection to growth. And my question to you is, do you want to be a Dan Springs type of believer? Or do you want to be a Dead Sea believer? Because see, a Dan Springs believer, it's moving, it's growing, it's on mission, it has a place that it's going. Whereas at the Dead Sea, you're kind of just there, stagnant, not a lot of joy. I mean, you can float around for a while, but it's going to kill you. It's fun for a season, but deadly. When it comes to growth, we're either growing or we're not. We're growing or we are in decline. We're growing or we are dying. So whether you realize it or not, as you see there on the notes, you are either growing or you're becoming stagnant. Whether you realize it or not, you are either growing or becoming stagnant. Isaiah 58, 11 says, The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fall. You're moving either in the right direction or you're moving in the wrong direction. Are you going to be a well-watered garden whose spring waters never fail or are you going to be stagnant? and make life all about you. See these spiritual steps that we're talking about today, surrounding yourselves with the right people, commitment to God, God's word, all of those things ensure that life doesn't become about us, and it also ensures that we don't become stagnant in our faith, because when we become stagnant, there's no joy. There's not the peace and the life that we so desperately desire. So my hope and my prayer for each and every one of us is that we would say, you know what, I want to be a fully mature follower of Jesus, because to become a fully mature disciple of Jesus, it is the best goal to pursue in 2023. We're still close enough to 2023 that some of us are keeping our goals, and some of us have already ditched those a week ago, but if you haven't and you're looking for one, perhaps we would say collectively, I want this year to become a fully mature disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, how am I going to go about doing that? I'm going to be about what it is that Jesus wants me to be about. Did you know there were religious leaders who came to Jesus and they asked him, what should we be most passionate about? How do we grow into who it is that you desire for us to be? And Jesus answered them this, and this is how I want to close today. In Matthew 22, 37 through 40, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself, because all the prophets and the laws hang on these two commandments. When Jesus was questioned by religious leaders, how do we grow into who you desire for us to be? He says, love me with all your heart. Give me control of everything. Allow me to be the one that sets the agenda for everything in your life. Pursuing him above everything else. I'm excited about this year. And I hope you're excited about this year. Do we know what this year is going to entail for us? Absolutely not. Could we talk and think through what every circumstance or every trial or every adversity that we're going to face this year and, and come up with a plan for all those things here and now? Absolutely not. But what we can do right now is say, I want to commit to God to be who he calls me to be, committed to his word, committed to what's happening in community, committed to serving, committed to sharing him with others. And my prayer and my hope is that this will be an incredible year of growth for you. 
not a year of stagnation, but a year of growth. And you know when it starts? Right here, right now, in this place. That's the end of the episode on the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. Make sure you click the subscribe button so you'll never miss a sermon. Also, don't keep this sermon to yourself. Share it with your friends and family. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, go ahead and download our app. Follow us on social media or visit our website at rollinghills.church. Happy New Year and happy 20th anniversary, church. We hope you'll continue to join us this year and beyond as we keep reaching out, growing up, and giving all together.